0: We'll be Well, hello, folks. Um, I'm Anthony Wilson, the host of the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network, and I'm coming to you with another episode. And whether you're listening to this by Apple, Spotify, CastBox, iTunes, wherever you're listening to this, thank you for listening. Thank you for those that are supporting. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. You can always make comments because these videos are uh, premieres. And so premieres mean that the chat is open. So you can go into the chat and make comments uh, about what you're listening to and share your thoughts. But uh, please interact. And so, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for watching uh, the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network today. Have a wonderful guest who has an amazing, amazing story. First-time author, um, mother, wife, uh, philanthropist. Yeah, so, uh, you know, well, all kinds of things. We all kinds of accolades we could throw at her. But uh, Beth Thorpe. Welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network.
1: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Well, thank you for joining me. Um, and so, uh, Beth, could you tell uh, um, our listeners just a little bit about yourself, who you are, or what is it that you want people to know about you? Because telling who you are could be a long <laughs> conversation.
1: <laughs> it can be a long conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, like you said, I'm a philanthropist. I'm an author. I. public speaking i'm a faith influencer but most importantly i'm the executive director of the mitchell thorpe foundation and co-founder of it and it's in memory of my son mitchell who passed away in 2008 from an undiagnosed illness that took my family all across the united states in and out of different hospitals different doctors looking for answers and doctors still scratching their head couldn't find what was really wrong And ultimately, he passed. uh, Symptoms came on at age 13 and he passed at 18. And I just told him in my heart, in my heart to God, that I would never let him die in vain, that we were going to take his name and move it forward. And we'll talk about it, how it all came about. But we created the Mitchell Thorpe Foundation to support families with children with life threatening illnesses, diseases, and disorders. And we do that by providing financial, emotional, and resource support to their desperate situation.
0: Amen. Amen. Uh, We're already cooking right now because I I can just, you know, sense your passion um, for what you're doing. Um, And there's nothing to me more powerful than a mother's love for her children. Um, You know, my wife, um, she is a fierce one when it Mm -hmm. comes to um, her children, she will take on the world. She'll push me out of the way. And said, "No, let me get in there because of her love for her children." And so I can sense that right away as we um, start this 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 conversation. So, um, how? So you said 2013 was the diagnosis. Uh, uh,
1: no, th- he was undiagnosed. Who was
0: undiagnosed?
1: Deaf. Undiagnosed. So he uh, passed in 2008. So the foundation's been around now 13 years. Oh, 13 years. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, when it happened, though, there was such a process of pain and but the enemy, I just knew I said the enemy messed, like you said, your wife (laughs) is a strong one. so the enemy really messed with the wrong mama and Papa Bear. And I write that in the book because he it just like uh, the transformation that happened of even why this even started and and fueled that fire to bring more people to the glory of God through our story, through our testimony, through our walk. We couldn't do what we do today if we didn't walk this walk. So unfortunately, I guess we were chosen to walk this path and we are obedient servants to our Lord. So we heard him loud and clear and um, we move forward. So we can talk about that.
0: So, um, you know, most people would be, angry with God. Mm-hmm. right? And so uh, as you um, prepare to kind of walk us through, you know, how you guys found out about the illness, probably the, 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 the doctors that you went to, because it sounds like a lot like um there was a woman in the Bible um, who had an issue of blood. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that she spent all of her livelihood going here and there to all these doctors. Now she got her healing your son didn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that kind of situation in our world today would make people turn away from God. It sounds like you drew closer, you and you and your husband drew closer to God and then took up the cause to help other people to survive this. And so kind of walk us through, I don't know, from the beginning, I guess, as far back as you can go, um, and talk to us about. This journey.
1: Yes. And it was um, like I said, the symptoms started when he was at the age of 13 with severe headaches and coming home complaining about that. As a parent, you're like, okay, maybe you're just having, you know, you're suffering from a migraine or something, you know, to give him some pain reliever. But but symptoms kept getting worse over the years. And that's when we started taking him all over the United States and different doctors and so forth. And it it was a rude awakening to the medical system to us because we were like, we don't, we're not doctors. We're not trained in this. We're trusting the doctors to help us figure this out. And as time went on and they couldn't figure it out and trust me, we've been in and out of different hospitals in through San Diego, up through LA finally at the research hospital there. And then in Texas, we, We took him everywhere, even back east. It was baffling. And then we were doing a lot of the research ourselves. So when he passed, and I'll move the story forward a little bit because people can read it in the book. Mm -hmm. That was our darkest night. And yes, to your question, we are very faithful people. We were raised that way. It did test our faith, no question. We were put through the fire, as you'd say. And when you are put to the fire, and on your knees through it all, and, but we came out the other side of it, the refiner's fire as people would call that, yeah. and transformed us. It was five years of taking him everywhere. I was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, because you're in the battlefield day in, day out, trying to find an answer, going, 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 trying to figure it all out. Two years to come out of it of healing, the healing for both my husband and I, statistically, 78% of the families end in divorce or separation due to the stress, the financial stress, the emotional stress, not only the stress of everything and the bills keep coming. And one parent has to leave their job, but the bills keep coming. And then, and then the other component is the fear, the fear of losing your child, the fear, and you're going to lash out at people closest to you, obviously, and usually it's the husband and wife because they're the It's the fear creeps in. That's also the enemy. So finally, it came to a point when I was he was released from the hospital after 30 days up here in L.A. And they basically told us to take him home and make him comfortable, basically hospice, bring him home. Mm. And I wasn't ready to let him go. And I was on my knees wailing. I just I really felt what the mother Mary must have felt like at the cross, because that's how I was wailing. That pain of wailing of losing your child in front of you is uh, unbelievable. But God was waiting for me to surrender and I had to surrender him because I was hanging on for dear life to him and his spirit to stay. And ultimately God says, you need to surrender. And even though it wasn't our outcome for our son, because we were praying always for his healing here, but God ultimately our master healer had to take him home to heal him because no one could figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I had to come to that realization. And during that time, in my deepest pain of grief, when he passed on, God spoke. I was curled up in a ball, right? Didn't want to be in, the, see the planet. I didn't even want to be on the earth anymore. It was like a knife in my heart. And I mm-hmm. said, God, please take the knife from my heart. I couldn't stop the bleeding. It's like I was having a heart attack. You could, I, the pain was so deep. And he spoke deep to my spirit, which he does to those he loves. And for those who open their heart to the Lord. Cause I've heard people say, well, I've never heard God speak to me. Well, you know, you got to open your heart to him. He's, he's a gentleman. He's not going to come in unless you invite him in to your heart and into your soul and into your family. And when he speaks and he speaks to all of us differently, but you know, when he speaks, he doesn't speak all the time, but when he speaks <laughs> and he said, this is not the end. This is the beginning. And I sat up in my bed. I had no idea what he meant by that. What do you mean? This is the beginning, not the end. And literally two days later, my husband was up in the church. um, And there were two boys. My husband played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He was a pitcher back in the day. And he coached boys playing baseball. So baseball runs through the family and through the book and life lessons learned and Uh, He heard of two boys. He coached one had non Hodgkin's lymphoma. The other had lymphoma, both families trying to make ends meet. Everyone knows everybody. Everyone wants to help. And there was nothing formed. And like God spoke to his spirit says, we need to form a bridge here. We need to maybe form a foundation or something to help other families going through what we went through. So he came home to tell me that. And he says, I, God spoke to me. We need to start a foundation. And I looked at him and I said, you want to do what? (laughs) What? But then I Took it back, and then I said, "I remember what God said. Maybe this is what He meant. This is not the end. This is the beginning." And sure enough, since that point, it was almost a transformational moment, especially when we went through our healing. We did grief share through the churches, but then grief share was fine. But we knew personally, my husband and I, needed one-on-one spiritual counseling because the pain was so deep. There was many things that needed to be broken off. That many people need to like forgive the doctors. We had to go through this whole exercise of forgiveness. And that's where it starts for your audience, learning to forgive and let it go. And that's hard because you're hanging on. And she did a wonderful job. She's a prophetic woman. She's worked on my husband first, then me. She was breaking off things off us, like doctors who couldn't find the answers, people saying things they shouldn't have said, family members doing things that they shouldn't have done. You know, all those things that keep coming in and hurting your heart because, um, when the pain hits, it breaks the trust and the love. And that's where it's hard for people to turn around. They turn away from their faith. Yeah, They think God did this. And why did God do that? Why, where was God in all this? And yes, we pray those same prayers. Trust me to your audience. We pray that where are you, God? Why aren't you listening? Why aren't you healing my son? Hmm. You know, and ultimately when I couldn't help him anymore, I, because mamas you know, and dads, right? We try to make it better. We try to make it better, and I couldn't make it better. Doctors couldn't figure it out, and to watch him suffer so was just beyond measure. We call him our warrior son to this day, and that's where um, we hold every year our warrior spirit 5K run, walk, and family festival. Yeah. And the reason why we do that is when people were when we were walking through our walk, I write about in the book. Uh, people came out to us and wanted to do a walkathon for us to help us pay off our $100,000 medical bill. That's even with good insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go figure. That's all the out-of-pockets money that we had. did not have that. So the community came out, and they were good friends of ours that heard about that, and we were struggling. We would have lost the house. You know, you do that. You would have lost everything. But you do that for your kids, right? You, you just go to the ends of the earth to find whatever it is to help them. And it didn't matter materialistic things at that point didn't matter. We already been through the worst, right? But the community was amazing. That's the other thing about the power of community. Yeah, came together and did a walkathon, and people showed up. People we never even knew. There was about six hundred people that showed up that heard about our story, and they raised seventy thousand. Believe that, and we yes. were able to put that toward our bill. And that changes you. We were never the same, and we wanted to pay that forward.
0: Amen. I mean, this is I am, I, I, um, I have a assistant pastor who lost his daughter um to an overdose. Mm. And I remember encouraging him because sometimes sometimes people are trying to help and they actually hurt mm-hmm. the people they're trying to help. And because people say, Well, you know, um, you know, you know, God God's going to bless you because of what you're going through. And, you know, this happened to you. And so get ready to go to the next level in your life. And, 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 and other things, people would say things that are really Christianese. And I remember sitting with him because he was going to grief counseling and then we were meeting mm-hmm. one-on-one and then he had, cause he needed a lot of support. Right. And I remember telling him that God didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he didn't do this, but God is here mm-hmm. to comfort you through this, right. you know, let the God of all comfort comfort you in your time of need, you know, because when people say, well, you know, God knew what he was doing when he did this and he's got a better plan. And I said, you know, and, and I wanted to scream. I said, please stop, 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 stop. Let's just say what the scripture says, that he's near the broken Right that, that that you know that we can cast our cares on him because he cares for us, and really helping you know people to lean on God instead of lean away from God in anger and frustration. And what I hear in in, in your uh, testimony is that you clung to God mm-hmm. you know, whereas a lot of people they get disillusioned like you said they fall away because this is a testing of your faith yes. and like you said the trying of our faith produces patience and patience hope and hope character and all those things all that we them. read but when you're really going through it, <laughs> yeah. it, it it's different right it's it's different so you and you you and your husband how did you maintain your connection and um stay together to come against what was coming against you instead of turning on each other.
1: Yes, exactly. And during that time we did turn on each other. Family members actually did intercept our phone calls. They said, no, 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 you, you yell at me. Don't, you, you don't yell at your husband. You, you take it out of me because I'm in the hospital and there you just, and he's working, trying to make it. It is the most stressful situation. I think like we already said, anything we go through in life after this is, is a walk in the park is so, but, It for both of us well for me too especially was our faith um faith is the grounding it's the groundwork of it all and and in the title of my book a new creation finding meaning in the midst of tragedy you know i'm always one of these people are trying to find meaning in it all you know but i might never know all the answers right but the faith is what um Faith, and I have to say this, faith doesn't always take you out of the problem. Faith takes you through the problem.
0: Yes, that's good.
1: And faith doesn't always take away the pain. Yeah. Faith gives you the ability to handle the pain. Yeah. And faith yeah. doesn't always take you out of the storms of life. But faith calms you in the midst of the storm. So faith is what pleases God. And you, if you can hang on to your faith, and that's why people would say to me, something, oh, Beth, I don't have as much faith as you. You are a very faithful woman. I said, but you can have faith, too. You have That's where the hope is. If you don't have faith, you have no hope. And if you have no hope, then life is not worth living. And that's why the suicide rate is so high. Mm-hmm. They lose hope and that there is no hope. But turning to the Father, your Lord Jesus Christ, is where it's going to be. It's going to bring you the hope you need, even in the darkest nights and the darkest situations. And uh, for me, I knew I had to let go and let God is how I live by my faith. That was the hardest thing for me yeah, because I had to learn that lesson. And when you go through trials, I always ask the question, God, what am I to learn here? Father, what Why am I going through this? What am I, what am I learning here? What are you trying to teach me? What do I need to let go of? What is happening here? So I surrender to that spiritual truth. And I just believe in the power of God and that the best outcome is going to be so much better than anything I could ever imagine. And he, and that's the part of where God knew that this was not the end. This was the beginning. He could see already what was going to happen. And he took his loving arms around my husband and I, and I yeah. felt that I was so fragile after, you know, that time he passed and I could hardly get myself back out into the world again, but he gradually took me. Like I felt his loving arms around me. He says, okay, we're going to take this step. Now this step. And now we're going to go here. And here. Now,
0: you, now you said there was a moment and you briefly kind of talked about it where you just wanted to not be here.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What was that like, you know, can you talk about just that feeling of I don't want to deal with any of this anything anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, because he was my firstborn son and um you know, they say the the deeper the love, the harder the grief. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard um obviously when you love someone so deeply and then a child especially take gone before you and the pain of losing that child um or anyone you love dearly, is what put me into a state of not wanting to be on the earth anymore. And I don't live that way. I'm a a woman of light, and Mm -hmm. I love to spread the light in the darkness. And God knows that, but this was a very dark time, and many people go through these times. We cannot escape it. God even says we will live in this world, there will be trouble. Be tribal,
0: yeah. Yes.
1: And, and, but you know, the, the key is to hang on, carry their Bible, keep a have God speak to you wherever you feel at that moment of I'm losing it here. God, I, I don't know how to handle this. You need to show you up. You need to show up, show yourself real to me because I can't handle this. And that's the point of where I was yeah. and grief is hits everyone differently. So, and yeah. that you have to respect, each person who goes through grief. um, I was grieving. My husband was grieving. um, I have another son who was grieving. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew I had to come to in such a way to be a wife again to my husband and a mother to my son. Mm -hmm. So I had basically pull myself up from my bootstraps, right?
0: (laughs) Get up from there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Turn the blind, open the light, lift the blinds. Mm-hmm. Let the light in. Take one foot in front of the other, and it's. And I have to say, for those that are going through loss, it's just. It takes time, yeah. And the healing. Um. It. I think about my son every day. People say. You never forget him. Yeah. He's always with us. I feel my son's spirit everywhere, especially through the foundation, and because we touch children's lives every day. People now. Uh, we've given back over, gosh, I'm counting 2.8 million and counting into the community, helping families with children with life-threatening illnesses. And for us now, for my husband and I to walk in to the hospitals, to give our testimony, to lay hands on, pray mm-hmm. for the sick,
0: beautiful, pray
1: for the families that are going through such, again, heartache. But we could not walk this walk because a faith that is not tested mm-hmm. cannot be trusted. Be trusted. <laughs> And we could not do yes. this line of work. And so it is God's work. No question. This is not easy work, but God knows our heart. And he knows that we can bring God into the, I mean, these are young families two young families, all of a sudden living a happy life. Like we were all of a sudden their child is diagnosed with cancer or they have some disease or un, again, undiagnosed or anything. It, it affects the family unit the same. We try to come alongside these families and let them know they're not alone. And then, uh, yeah, bring them closer to God in the process.
0: So how how did you make sense of this tragedy in light of um, there's a world around us that is constantly frustrated with God, because why does a good God allow bad things to happen? And I know those things had to cross your mind. You know, why me? Mm -hmm. why him why you know and you talked about what can i learn but if you could kind of dig a little bit deeper into how you overcame this 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 popular you know uh misnomer that god is letting bad things happen to us you know why and, and why is he doing that you know how did you overcome those thoughts um to then take up this cause because I can't imagine praying for other people's children, right? When mm-hmm. mine is mine is past, you know. I I, I can't even imagine how much faith and the presence of God, ha- he has to be there with you in order for you to do that. So, oh, yeah. how did you overcome that thinking? Because there had to be a temptation to think that
1: all the time, and especially when you're walking through it because you it's human nature to be angry. It's human nature. Even my, my son who lost his brother, you know. right. He was, they were 22 months apart. And I said, and he got angry, you know, everyone gets, and I, he was, th- Oh, you know, like I said, everyone grieves in their own way, but you, I had to let him, I said, it's okay. His name is Matthew. I said, Matthew, it is okay to be angry. God was angry in the temple when he mm-hmm. turned over the tables God was angry. It's okay to be angry. And he was screaming. I thought the neighbors were going to call the police. He, the back he was screaming out to God. He was tossing furniture. He was, thr- he was angry. And then I find, and I, I had to call my pastor. He took him for a, as a good pastor does took him for a walk on the beach and just was there to minister to him and to help him And his, instead of mom talking to him, I said, I need yeah. the pastor to intercede here. So, I say to people, reach out to those that you might know that could help you through it. Um, For me and my husband, like I said, we had to seek out a private, our spiritual counselor, because we had to go through it privately one-on-one to go through that healing. And it really was when we went through that healing and she was breaking things off of me, Mm -hmm. my husband, and the whole thing of forgiveness and forgiving one another, even as well, of saying things to each other husband, wife, that we shouldn't have said. And so much of that, you know, when God says forgive 77 times and even more 77 times and keep forgiving. I mean, there was so much that we had to lay down, lay it down at the foot of the cross because you're carrying this like a heavy brick on your back. And if you're going to continue to carry this grudge and resentment and bitterness, you're never going to get to the point of being set free. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a choice, right? As humans, we have a choice. Take my yoke. God says my yoke is easy. So lay it down, let it go. Mm -hmm. And I had to, you know, as humans, we always want to keep taking it back, you know, no, keep laying it down. I had to keep laying it down and that, yes, those thoughts, those tormenting thoughts. And that's the enemy. It's always the enemy. You have to speak strength against the enemy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That mighty voice back off. I'm a tough woman. Like and it sounds like <laughs> your mom is too. Back off, Satan. You will not tempt me or get your hands off my son. And we prayed it all the time. I don't, I can't explain why all this happened. And like I said, I may never know until I'm in heaven. But what I do know is that God had something bigger planned for this than, like I said, we could ever imagine. This was never on our radar to do the a foundation. I had a previous life. My husband had a whole different career. We, when we came through that healing, that very next day, I have to say to your audience, we were, that's was I think our, our transformational moment. I woke up the next day, told my husband, I don't want to do anything else on this earth unless it has eternal significance. Amen. That's what came up through my spirit and everything I did prior in my life had no meaning anymore. And that's when we started the foundation. And that's when he came home with that message. And that's when we started putting this all together. And the first thing we did, actually, we had the ball field renamed in my son's honor. There's a big baseball field here that uh, we had to go through the city council and the whole thing. I'm Mm -hmm. still grieving. And I write it in the book. You know, it's just standing in front of the council trying to get this renamed in his honor. And sure enough, they finally did. That was a tough thing in itself to just stand up in front of the city council, staring at you as a grieving mother and talking about him and his life. And, but they did call me a week later that they did name, rename it. So it's like our, it's a beautiful uh, thing to leave behind for a child or a loved one. Think about something you can do to that. They, if you lost someone, what they loved, do something that maybe you can, that they loved If it was gardening, plant a garden for them, you know, or whatever it is that you just feel like something in their honor um, might start the healing process for some.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know um, my next, my next trip to California, I'm going to have to seek out that, that baseball park. I want to, I want to see it firsthand um, because hearing the story behind it makes it that much more um, just impactful. You know, because you see a lot of, you know, fields named after people, but you don't know the story. Right. You, you don't know the story behind it. And so to know the story behind it. um, Wow. it's that's, that's beautiful.
1: Yes. Um, and we hold the, uh, our 5k run. That's the warrior spirit 5k run walk yeah. every year, the first Saturday in February. You can oh, always think okay. about coming out for that. But well,
0: that, that's, that's right around my birthday. So Isn't my birthday, it? yeah, my, my birthday is February 2nd. And so sometimes my birthday is that first
1: Saturday. I <laughs> sometimes
0: know. it is. So
1: we hold yeah. it every year. That, and um, it's a beautiful thing. And we bring families and, and our children there who are healthy enough to be there to be on stage. And just to give their testimony how the foundation's helped. And it's a beautiful thing to see the community come out and support people they don't even know.
0: Right. Right. And well, that's we, when
1: you mean by love thy neighbor, right?
0: Yeah, because that's when we're at our best. Yes. We are at our best when we are helping and caring for and supporting someone else. We're we're at our worst when we get insular and we only think about ourselves. Um, we we can't do these great things. If 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 you would have stayed stuck in your grief, you probably would have destroyed your marriage. You never would have accomplished these things that God has called you to accomplish. Um, and maybe we wouldn't even be having, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, but because you allowed God to uh, bring beauty mm-hmm. out of the ashes, you know, the oil of joy for mourning, you know, this, this beautiful thing came out of something that seemed tragic. And it kind of speaks to the, 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 the phrasing that Joseph, said in Genesis that what was meant for evil, God used it for good and the saving of many souls, saving of many lives. And so you may help thousands, hundreds of thousands, I don't know, families not have to go through what you went through. And that would be honoring, you know, Mm -hmm. what your son um, went through. And that would be amazing. And um, I'm privileged to be able to sit and, and hear your story. And, um, you know, I, 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 just, I, I just tip my hat to you and your husband
1: Aww. because
0: really? to stick together through this, because, you know, me and my wife have been through a lot of things. And one of the things that keeps us is that we stay together. You know, we're better together for the Lord than we would be apart. Apart, exactly. I don't think either one of us can handle the things. <laughs> exactly. But together in the Lord, oh man, we're we're an unstoppable team. Um and I and I see the same thing uh with you and, and your husband. So um tell him I said hello. <laughs> I
1: will I will. We did a beautiful gift for a child um just yesterday, it was like two days ago, a um a boy who has brain cancer. And we organized him to get up to Dodger stadium and he got to Brad played with Fernando Valenzuela. So that's his, his group. If you remember Fernando back in the yeah, Dodgers.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: and so we got Fernando to come down on the field and with Justin Turner and my, um, I don't know, another pitcher and who's the catcher? Will, um, Will Smith. So anyway, it was beautiful to give aid on this child a, a memory and uh, something the family would never forget. Uh, for their son because she doesn't know how long she has him for and um so those are some of the beautiful things we see not only that uh, for experiences but also just helping families just feel a little bit of a relief yeah oh you know, they're not walking alone because you can feel not very, alone. Light, right. very very isolated during that time but many of your people can read about my new book yeah it just came out um it came out just a month ago at the end of June. So we're already we at end of July. So it's out, been out a month. Um, it's worldwide. It's published by Morgan James Publishing. You can buy it wherever books are sold. It's titled a new creation, finding meaning in the midst of tragedy. So anywhere online, if you buy your books online, or if you want a personalized autograph, copy, go to oh, a new okay. I'm, amen.
0: Amen. And how can people um, um maybe even support your, your foundation.
1: Absolutely. Um, is there a way
0: to support? Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, uh, every book purchased also goes to help the uh, the foundation. The proceeds will go back into the foundation to help another child, but the foundation, you can find us at um, Mitchell, M I T C H E L L Mitchell Thorpe, T H O R P as in Paul.org. And you can go online and check us out and see what we're about. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely a worthy cause. And like I said, you know, my next time in California, I've got to figure out a way to.
1: Yes, you need to come visit it. us.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. Because um, oh, it's just an amazing story. Just an amazing, because so, and you said it, faith that is not tested can't be trusted. We The, the ones that really belong to God, there is nothing that can separate you from his love. No. There is no one that can snatch you out of his hand. And, and the proof is, the Bible says, that the ones that endure to the end, they're the ones that are going to be saved. And so enduring to the end sounds simple on the surface, but we don't know the trials and tribulations and tragedies that are going to befall us through life that we have to earnestly contend for this faith. that was once delivered to the saints that we have to hold on to god that jesus has to be our anchor you know in this life where things are going crazy and so uh, last but not least i would love for you to take a minute and just speak to um parents that um you know, maybe going through a very difficult time with their child or have lost or are in the process of of, of hearing, you know, uh, the, that horrible news that their child may not make it. I um, want you to speak to them. And then if you would say a word of prayer for them, um, that would be so awesome uh, and appreciated.
1: Yes. So Father, we invite you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Yes, Fall afresh on this conversation, Fall afresh on all those that you were drawn to actually listen to this message today for a reason. It wasn't by accident. It was a it was a divine appointment that you are here to listen. So, Father, we just lift up all of the needs. Help everyone to learn to lay it down, help everyone to know to come to you, open the Bible, speak through your word, make yourself alive and real to them. Fathers, you, I know you say, God, in John 14, 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And in Colossians 3, 2, God, you say, set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. Father, there are mysteries and things that are happening in this world that we may never understand, but you are a big, big God, and you know how to take a tragedy and turn it for good. And to turn those, to turn their heads, to bow on their knees, to look upward. Heal the hearts of the brokenhearted, God, that may be listening, who have lost their faith and have walked away from you. Help them to get on their knees to recommit to you. Open your arms now to the Lord and say, Father, show yourself real. I invite you into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I lay them all down before you. Come into my heart. Make me anew. In Jesus precious name, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Wow. You and I could talk forever.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I'm, and I'm sitting here looking at the clock, like I know we got to wrap this up. I almost forgot that this was a interview. I thought we were just having a conversation, (laughs) but you know, um, it's been a pleasure Um it's been it has been it has been a real pleasure and i pray that all that are listening um that you check out this book i you know i i you know as many people as need it just praying that the lord gets it into their hands um because ah oh, wow yeah. the 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 faith and the spirit of god that resonates off of you and in this work that you've done through this book through this foundation This is really the work of the Lord. And the Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he predestined beforehand that we may walk in them. And we don't know what leads us to the thing that he has prepared beforehand. But sometimes it's 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 tragedy that leads us into purpose and um, just thankful for you and your husband and what you guys are doing. And I just pray that the success of this book, um, that it really uplifts and touches the body of Christ and those outside that may need to know that God is real because you are a testimony that God is real.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's really interesting. We just talked to two film producers. I mean, the book has only been out a month. And it's our, it's our goal to take it to film. So,
0: well, I'm ready. I, I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm praying that God opens that door, kicks it wide open so that it will happen. Um, that will
1: be a beautiful thing one day. Yeah. And I'll
0: have, and I'll have to have you back. I have to have oh, you back. Oh, <laughs> I know.
1: We'll just claim that right now. Yes. Right? We'll claim that yes. right now. Yes. And yes. Uh, he's taken it this far. It's like, okay. I know the book is one thing, Lord, but I know we want to put it into film. Film is another to to bring people closer. And between you and I, it's thank you for Anthony for being so strong in your faith and getting the word out there to people, because we are battling those that want to erase God from. And, and let them know people know that he doesn't exist. I mean, that's the world we live in. And like you said, we have to hang out and stand strong in this because everyone is against it. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, yeah tough world we live in but, but he's, real. he's
0: real he's real he's real he's real he's real and we know he's real amen amen well folks thank you for listening to the love thy neighbor podcast network i'm your host anthony wilson signing off uh thank you to my guests uh beth thorpe uh for what she's doing and make sure you check out her book um i will have um, her information in the description and so you'll be able to uh get a hold of her foundation, find out where the book is at, and maybe we'll be talking about uh, something on the big screen (laughs) very soon. Thank you again. Thank
1: you again. Uh, Thank you, Anthony. God bless. God bless you.